Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 110-98 loss to the Golden State Warriors on Monday night at Paycom Center. Barry, this was probably the best crowd of the season. It was almost full here, and crazy enough, um, it leaned. It was Warriors heavy. There was a. Uh, there was. It was just like insane the amount of Warriors fans around the tunnel for pregame warmups to watch Steph Curry to see Clay Thompson. Um, Clay Thompson hit back to back huge threes in the fourth quarter after a pretty good Thunder response, and then Steph Curry put the game away late, and the place was going crazy. I, you know, Josh Gate even said after the game, he's like, it was like there was more Warriors fans than Thunder fans. I doubt that was the case from a pure number standpoint, but from a volume standpoint, definitely leaned Golden State. And maybe I'm focusing too much on this or just shouldn't be as surprised, but, you know, this place has certainly been known for its crowds and the Thunder's rebuilding, the Warriors are still rolling. They won tonight, and uh, it's just kind of, you know, a, a weird spot to, to see. Yeah, and you, it, it sort of harkens back to the early days uh, maybe not of the Thunder, but of the Hornets when they came. Yeah. When, when the Lakers would come to town, you'd see, you know, you'd see 500 Kobe jerseys in the crowd, and significant, you know, throngs of of Laker fans. Uh, that quickly went away when Chris Paul taught us what big time basketball looks like. Um, but it, it's that way in some markets that that don't have success in current. Thir- Clearly, the Thunder is not right now, but you got to cheer for something. Um, you know, it, it, it was actually good every time Steph Curry made a shot tonight. So I don't know why everybody yeah. wasn't cheering. Yeah, I don't know. maybe maybe everybody maybe that's ought to what be cheering. Maybe <laughs> everybody the ought to be fans cheering. were engaged. They were just yeah. you know very astute Thunder fans and and bought into the long term plan. I don't know. By the way, I'm not jumping on Thunder fans at all. Like you, their, their crowds have been. Um, you know, better than a lot of the places I've I've been this season, especially as far as like you know bad teams go. Um, but it's just like a, you know, just sitting in the front row tonight. It's like you know, we cover a lot of games, and, and sometimes you can get lost in that. But when you see Steph Curry play and Clay Thompson back, like it's just really cool. And um, there's so many Curry jerseys. Like Curry is still. I mean, he's he's probably the most popular player, especially among young kids who love shooting threes and you know everything that he's brought to the game. So, um, not not surprised by it, but just something worth mentioning. Yeah, and he probably you're right. He probably is the most popular player in on the planet. Um, I shouldn't say that most popular player in America. <laughs> He's more yeah. popular than LeBron James now worldwide, especially among especially among like exactly young, yeah. young kids. Right. Right. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, I can see it, and um, you know, the Warriors. You can sort of cheer for the Warriors now. It's not you know, it's not forbidden now. Durant's left. You can go ahead and cheer for the Warriors and not be labeled a, a state traitor. So, um, they're sort of a fun team to cheer for now that. You know, no Draymond Green tonight, no Kevin Durant ever. What's not to like about, you know, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry? So, yeah, um, I, I can sort of see it. I can sort and of see it. No reason not to like Gary Payton the second and uh, Jordan Poole, <laughs> right. Damian Lee, Kevin Looney, one of the <laughs> yeah. you know. So yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, th- I think it's fine. I think it's fine. 
All right, let, let's get to the game. Sorry for that a weird start to this one. Um, 110 to 98. And, you know, in the fourth quarter was still a game. The Thunder came back. They played really hard, I thought. I, I thought the defining possession from a Thunder perspective in this one was one that lasted about four minutes. There was four missed three-pointers, five offensive rebounds in one possession. Lou Dort says, enough of this. I'm going to go in there and slam it. Um, and that was the loudest that the pro Thunder crowd got tonight. And the Thunder had 18 offensive rebounds. And um, they competed with the Warriors, Barry, I, I thought. It's just that they, they lack the firepower that Golden State has. And, and it's not like, you know, Curry and Thompson didn't shoot the ball crazy. They got some big performances off the bench. That's just a good team. Even when they're not at their best, they're going to beat a subpar team. I thought it was one of the best games of the year. Um, lots to like about the Thunder. Baisley was outstanding. Dort yeah. was outstanding. Um, you know, I just lots to lots to get excited about, and uh, from a long term future. Now, Giddy, you know, Giddy didn't play all that great. Still put up good numbers because that's just what he does. Um, but um, I thought it, I thought it was a good night at the old at the old corral. Trey Mann. Did not look outclassed playing against the the Warriors. He didn't shoot it particularly well, um, but I thought it was I thought it was a good night for for OKC. Yeah, let's focus on two guys. Um, let's start with Lou Dort. He led the Thunder with twenty six points, nine of twenty one, three of twelve. And just watching this game, you know, no Shea Gilgis Alexander. Obviously, Thunder missing some other pieces. Obviously, Giddy can score it but he's not a score first guy Trey Mann is but he's still not like the the lead guy that you turn to it's just a, a credit to the development Lou Dort has made when on a night when Shea's not there that he's he's the go-to guy offensively he's he's the one that's going to attempt 21 shots and score 26 points and barrel his way to the rim and take a lot of threes and it, it's just like unthinkable with where he was a couple of years ago on that Chris Paul team when when he emerged yeah, and, and you know, he, you mentioned it. He, he, he's chasing Steph Curry around all game, which will wear you out. And uh, he's taking more shots than Curry, which is crazy on both sides. But um, Score, scoring more points than Curry outscored. <laughs> he outscored Steph Curry if, if you're keeping if you're keeping score at home. But but the thing I you know the thing I liked about him he was only three of twelve shooting from three point range tonight. But it didn't seem that bad. No. Um, it, if somebody would have guessed, I'd have guessed. Ah, he's probably three of eight or three of nine tonight. So um, his bad shooting games are not as bad as they used to be. He's really becoming a pretty good offensive player. So I think he's really confident. Even when, like, I don't think he's bothered by a three of twelve line. And and you know he went to the he went to the. He went to the uh, went to the basket with regularity. I my favorite part of the game was actually the first two minutes. Um, I, the, the sequence you mentioned, you know, was outstanding. But um, yeah, second possession, uh, Giddy goes to the basket hard, makes a running layup, um, uh, and uh, he goes back for to get their second basket. Giddy drives to the basket again. Then Terrence Mann scores on a driving layup. And then Dort scores on a driving layup. Their first four baskets were all attacking the attacking the rim. And yeah, they me, got out I, early. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, 
And that's without SGA, who's, you know, the best penetrator they've got. So um, I just thought they, I thought they came and played this game sort of the way you're supposed to play it. And, you know, they, they, they went all out against the Warriors. They weren't intimidated. Um, they got outclassed because that's what happens when you play Golden State. But I liked this game. I, I like the I like the fight. I liked the the uh, strategy. I like the initiative. I like the comeback. I uh, I thought it was a good night for the Thunder. Barry Darius Baisley he keeps stringing together solid performances and like his in season turnaround this year has been so drastic. Still hasn't put it together offensively, but tonight. He did. He was pretty good offensively. He takes some ill-advised drives to the rim where he just drives into traffic and doesn't really know how it's going to end up. But overall, 8 of 16, 2 of 4 from 3, 20 points. He's defending Klay Thompson. He's, he's become like the most versatile defender on the team positionally with, you know, one night he's guarding a center. Um, the other night he's guarding Tyrese Halliburton in Sacramento. He guards McCollum in Portland, and he's guarding um, Klay Thompson tonight and does a pretty good job i mean thompson gets his points but on six of 15 shooting um i you know kudos to Baisley. like he i was i was almost totally out on him with, with as bad as he was at the beginning of the season and it's not so much the offense which again was good tonight but it's just the defense he's playing and and i think he's just turning into you know what could be a really really good versatile defensive player in the league and he's not bad on offense if he gets it out of his mind that he's some sort of 6'9 point yeah. guard. They just need to strip it down offensively. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, we say it over and over, but be a be a rim runner, be a cutter, be a, a corner three-point shooter. He, he's pretty good from the corners. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's, there you go. that's his key. And, you know, he had, a game, he had a play tonight where he dribbled in and tried to make an interior pass, and it got knocked away and stuff. He's just not that player that they thought he was going to be, but he can still be an effective player doing other things. Yeah. So, uh, and what I think he he's, a, he's a better defensive player than I think they thought he would be. Oh, yeah, very good. He's very good. Didn't have a block shot tonight, but clearly as a rim protector, as you mentioned, uh, was able to, to sort of stay with Clay Thompson tonight. And he's sort of finding his groove. Two, uh, you know, two of his three highest scoring games this yeah. year are in the are back to back with uh, Sacramento the other night, and now, now Golden State. So, yeah, he tied yeah, he, a season high tonight with twenty. Yeah, so he's sort of a reclamation project, uh, getting back in into the uh, into the swing of things. So I, I like that. That you know, he, we can't say that about Poku, but we can say it about Darius Baisley. What about Darius Baisley as the Thunder starting center next year? I would be I, I'd I, be willing to to test it out. I think that's the next step. Yeah, um, I'd, be, I'd be willing to to see what becomes of that. I mean, they'll have you know, in theory they'll have some other options to to tinker with, whether it's Muscala. And, well, Robinson Earl and Robinson be Earl, there. yeah. Now favors won't be, but um, I don't know what's his contract status. He, Maybe he will. He he uh, could be. He's got a player option that he'll pick up, but I I'd, I'd be surprised if there's not a buyout at some point or 
something like that. But but my point is this, is like what we're talking about him as an offensive player, that would sort of like put him in a better spot, I think, take the ball out of his hands. And if he puts on a little more weight, like the whole league is shifting small. Sure, there's going to be bad matchups for him when he goes against huge, you know, seven footers or 260 pounds. But, you know, I, I think that he he can sort of like fit as a small ball center um, on a lot of nights. And we've seen him exclusively as a starting power forward. He's played five minutes off the bench, but um, I think he could be a starting five long term. I, I still don't know like how good of an NBA player he might be, but I think he's going to be an NBA player for a few more years. And that's something that I didn't think was the case earlier this season. Yeah. And, you know, his what's interesting, we, we focus on that three point shot, which was so promising as a rookie two years ago and has been below 30 percent these last two years. But he's actually shooting um, his overall field goal percentages stayed the same. Three ninety four, three ninety six, three ninety six. If he can get that thing up into the into the forties, um, you know he can be a much more effective player. So um, he's got his he's got his turnovers uh, down this year, and and if they can continue to work on that, which just by decision making um, that'll happen. So uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's found a, I think he's found a, an avenue. To, to staying in the league quite a bit longer. He also said in his post-game press conference today, and I think we've talked about this before, but very hot and cold, the Darius Baisley press conference experience. And he's been <laughs> he's been a lot warmer lately and, you know, pretty introspective, I, I think. And today, Andrew Schlecht asked him about his offense, and Darius said, he used the word trash. He said he shot the ball like trash this year. And I I think that's sort of like a, a step as a player to take. Like, I, I always think it's a positive sign when people are self-aware and it's like, you know, we don't have to be like, oh, man, Darius Baisley's not shooting the ball well. Like, he's saying it himself, he's not shooting the ball well. And I, I think it's, like, good to realize that rather than thinking, like, you know, you can take – 17 shots and go five of 17 every night or something like that yeah no so he's i I, i'm i'm ready to label this season a success a success story for darius basley um what else barry anything else from this one oh um i thought you know i thought i'd write a scissor tail about it i was sort of intrigued by jonathan kaminga Oh, yeah. The Golden State rookie, he looked pretty good. You know, he was billed as a guy that didn't have a lot of uh, honed, honed in skill. Tremendous yeah. athlete, but really hadn't refined his game. But he looked pretty solid for the Golden Staters. And he had, he had uh, 16 points in 23 minutes and made 6 of 11 shots. And had a he few, had a crazy dunk. Had a, had a great dunk. And, um, and I find it interesting. He and he and Giddy go back to back in the in the draft last year. Clearly, yeah. you know, from all the intel, Golden State wanted Giddy. Um, if you remember, the the NBA draft last year was billed as a five player draft, and as long as you're in the top five, you're going to be okay. And what we saw was, um, what we saw was Scotty Barnes of Florida yeah, he- State sort of crash that party. And knocked Kaminga out. 
It was yes. like a different five. It was a different right. fifth than we thought. Exactly. And then, you know, uh, Jalen Suggs falls to fifth and you, the Thunder's at sixth. And you keep thinking, maybe Suggs could come to Oklahoma City. Well, no, then Orlando got him at, at five. So the Thunder uh, is there to take Kaminga, the outcast of the bunch, if they want. And they bypass him and go for Giddy. And... Um, so Golden State's consolation prize at seven was Kaminga. And, you know, I think you'd have to say that both parties are pretty happy with what they got right now. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I Like, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating topic, and, and I'm really glad you brought this up because I wanted to talk about it. Because, you know, they, they do go back-to-back 6-7. I mean, the the intel was all right. I mean, I, I, I talked to Josh Giddy's dad about it, and – he said that, you know, Giddy's agent was under the assumption that if he was there at seven, the Warriors were going to take him. And you can so easily envision what Josh Giddy looks like on this Warriors team, a system that's built around ball movement and passing and creativity. He's like perfect for that. But at the same time, like Golden State doesn't really need um, another ball handler or like another guard to, to step in with the guys they've got. Kaminga has filled this very narrow role. That's how Mark Degnault put it when you asked him about it after the game. It's just this burst of athleticism off the bench. Um, unlike Darius Baisley, he's like, they're not, he's not allowed to do a whole lot. Like, if he was on a bad team, if Jonathan Kaminga was playing for the Magic or for the Kings or for the Thunder instead of Josh Giddy, like, he'd be asked to do so much more and I think would – it would look rough, but with the Warriors, he's looking really good and he's filling that role. But long term, seeing what he becomes versus what Giddy becomes, probably two polar opposite players that couldn't be anything more different as far as athleticism, skill, style. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 intrigued by the conversation. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, Giddy didn't play great tonight, like we said. He went and see what he doing. He's sit. Well, six to sixteen shooting, so that was not terrible. Um, but he's uh, sixteen points, eleven rebounds, seven assists. So even when you come away saying, "Nah, he didn't do all that great," um, he's he's having excellent numbers. What did he had a career high in Sacramento the other night? I think it was. Yeah, twenty four. And you know, in the fourth quarter, I'm thinking, you know, Giddy hadn't really hadn't been playing all that well. So he set he set such a high standard for himself that you we we just come to expect that you know he's going to be a productive player every night no matter no matter what he's doing. So to me he's a he's a runaway success as a rookie. We sort of figured that early, figured that out early. I don't know that they figured it out early in San Francisco. But it looks like they're starting to like Kaminga. Pretty you don't dang think, well. You don't think the Thunder would want their – it's early, but want their pick back and go Kaminga, do you? No, I think Thunder's very pleased. And yeah. I don't – I you know, the Thunder might trade – I mean, they'd trade for Cade Cunningham and they'd trade for Mobley and they'd probably trade for Scotty Barnes, but I don't think they'd trade for anybody else. I think – No, that's a good uh, That's a good I, point. I think they'd they'd take Giddy fourth in the, in the rookie class and – um, and that includes Jalen Green in Houston. Now, the other thing is this. With these guys, you never know what they're going to do in three or four years. You don't know who's 
you know, Tyreke Evans was, um, you know, rookie of the year. Was that Westbrook's year or was that Harden's year? I think it was Harden's year. I can't remember. Didn't Michael Carter Williams win rookie? And Ma- Michael Carter Williams won one in 11, I think it was, or nine, whenever it was. You can't, so you can't, you can't always go by the rookie situation. Um, it takes a while to know who's going who's gonna to develop, who's going to solidify, who's going to, you know, sort of take, take two or three years to announce who they are. But the early returns are, Kaminga's better than maybe people were thinking, and Giddy's way better than what people were thinking. Well, I think also the early returns is that this draft could be really special. I mean, you you named all those guys. Giddy, uh, he's won Western Conference Rookie of the Month every month, and he's probably would finish fourth right now in Rookie of the Year voting behind Mobley, Cunningham. I think he'd be right there with Barnes. And then we haven't even mentioned Franz Wagner, who's who's played really well. There's been a couple second-round finds at, at this point who have been good. Uh, Desumnu, who we talked about the other night with the Bulls, um, Herb Jones with the Pelicans has played really well. Um, it, it's uh, especially the, the very top. The teams at the top so far, for the most part, look like they, they got it right, and the guys we thought were the best have been the best. Yeah, and it's, it's, been, a, it's, it's been a case of uh, these guys have really helped some, some teams. I mean, Mobley's a, helped the Cavaliers completely turn it around. It's and in, Scott, it's crazy. And Scotty Barnes is, you know, a valuable member of a of a good team in Toronto. Also, also Kate Cunningham is he's a he's legit. He, he's the real deal. He's, <laughs> he's, he's good. He, he, he's the real deal. Um, so sometimes you get a bad draft. Thirteen was not a good draft. Um, that's the uh, the Anthony Bennett number one, Victor Oladipo number two, Otto Porter Jr. number three draft. Cody Zeller four, Alex Lynn five. Stop me when I get to somebody. <laughs> you know that's that's where Michael Carter Williams won the Rookie of the Year. That thirteen, you know that's that's the year that uh, C.J. McCollum goes ten, Stone Cold Stephen Adams goes twelve, Giannis goes fifteen, and Schroeder goes seventeen. So that was just a totally mixed up draft. But this yeah. one looks like we might have got it right. Might, mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the scouts might have been knowing what they were doing. I, I think watching this game, watching Kaminga and Getty, where you land is just so important. Like, there, there's some guys, like Cade Cunningham is one, who they're going to be John Morant. Like, they're going to be great no matter what. They're going to elevate their team. But there's others, like, look at all the guys that, you know, Kings have drafted or the, the Timberwolves over the years or – you know, you can name a lot of teams, the, the Magic, over and over and over. Um, there's some guys that land in bad situations and they just, their career doesn't start out in the right way and they're either rediscovered later or never really make it. Um, and like Kaminga being in that Warrior system around guys like Draymond and Steph and Clay has just got to be so huge for him. Well, and here, here's something to think about. Um, what if DeMarcus Cousins hadn't gone to Sacramento? Yeah, that's a good one. What if he'd gone to. Indiana or Portland or, you know, it doesn't have to be a super team, just somebody that sort of knows what they're doing. Uh, it makes all the difference in the world. What if Russell Westbrook had gone to Sacramento 
I mean, we could be, we'd be talking, potentially be talking about him the way we talk about DeMarcus Cousins. So, um, so it does or, matter. Or, or De'Aaron Fox, like. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, although <laughs> I, I mean, don't want to. I don't want to besmirch the name of De'Aaron Fox. He seems to be giving it the old college try. But yeah. um, he, his – No, his, I was just saying like a really good player that's sort right. of stuck on a bad team. Anonymous. Yeah, anonymous. Yeah. I'm saying a really good player who has a bad rap – or has – maybe it's not a bad rap – has a rap for really just not being as good as he could be. Yeah. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns suffers from that a little bit, being in Minnesota. DeMarco's, DeMarcus Cousins been sort of a flake in in uh, Sacramento and never really shirking that off. Um, so Yeah, like Ta- Towns is a good example because he's like so elite offensively, but there's still questions about like his effort every night and defense yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but if exactly. he's playing with the Warriors or the Thunder or a good organization, yeah. maybe you don't worry about that. Well, you know, and maybe you learn how to play defense or maybe you learn yeah. how to give effort or, you know, those kinds of things. If you're at San Antonio, guess what? You don't get to screw around very much. So it completely matters where you go. Completely yeah. matters. It's a big deal. Um, couple couple notes to end on. So Josh Giddey's averaged 31 minutes a game. So tonight him playing 30 isn't a huge deal. But you look at the rest of the Thunder. Dort plays 38. Baisley plays 37. Trey Mann, another rookie, plays 35. Um, Dagnall said after the game they want to keep him around 30 minutes, and they said that was like a, a conversation Josh was in on. Josh talked about you know playing so many more games this season than he ever has in his life, including in the NBA last season. So that was that was something I thought was was noteworthy. And then Mike Muscala uh, is going to be out through the All Star break, and you guys might remember he had that ankle injury at the end of last year, a couple weeks ago. Dagnalt mentions it's still bothering him. I asked Muscala about it. Muscala says, I'm considering surgery in the offseason. So all of a sudden I'm thinking this is a bigger deal than we thought it was. He's been playing so well. It hasn't affected him all that much. Um, but this new ankle injury, it's the same ankle, but it's a different injury apparently. I don't really know what is different about it. Um, so now that's two injuries on the same ankle, and he's going to be out a while. Frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out the rest of the season. That's not something I, I know, but just depending where the, where the Thunder, knowing what the Thunder is trying to do. Um, but I'm just mentioning this because Thursday is the trade deadline. We haven't mentioned Mescala as a likely guy to get traded, but if something had changed there, that injury certainly affects what his value would be. Yeah, and um, all along we thought Kenrich Williams was the more likely to be traded, right? Yeah, I still um, do. So that you know that exponentially increases those odds. Um, but you know, if Mescala wants to stay, this is a good development for him. It's a good development for the Thunder that he's not playing because he can make a difference in a game or two. Thunder's getting a little precarious with that fourth spot in the lottery, um, letting Indiana and Sacramento and whoever else get a little too close. Played, they played too well without SGA. So, um, okay. you know, but, but they're about to lose a bunch more games. Golly, they got what, Toronto's coming in Wednesday, and then they go to Chicago, and they go to someplace else in the East. Um, so it, it's going to be tough to keep winning every once in a while. 
So I think they're going to be fine, and then we'll see how the lottery balls fall. But certainly Muscala helps the lottery cause by sitting out. I, I still think, I don't know if Kenrich Williams is going to be traded. I still think it would be in the Thunder's best interest to trade him. And I think that even more after, I know they're different types of players, but Karis Levert, um, Barry, I want to get your thoughts on that trade because the return from him was way more than I thought it would be. A protected first-round pick, a uh, lottery-protected first-round pick, and two second-round picks um, for Karis Levert. So if it's if it's that kind of market, I think the Thunder could get something they would want to do for Kenrich Williams. Probably so, probably so. And, of course, they won't demand anything like that, but, you know, right. if, they could, if they could get, you know, a couple of second-round picks. You know, the value of second-round picks is going up in the NBA. And I would do it for two second-rounders. I would, too. And some people say, you know, some people say a second-rounder is better than a late first-rounder because you're not strapped on the contract. It's not a guaranteed contract. So if you, you know, if you gave the Thunder the the option between picking twenty eighth and thirty fourth, or most teams, they might pick thirty fourth, just for that reason. It, well, it gives you more contracts. It gives you more payroll uh, flexibility. Well, and the valuations at that point are so close together. Yeah, like that's right. There's exactly. there's not a huge difference between twenty. I mean, one team might have a guy 28th and another team might have that same guy 40th. So it's not a, it's not a huge deal. Also the thunder, who knows what these guys are going to be long-term, but so far Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Aaron Wiggins have been okay. Pretty good, especially for second round pick. So yeah, there's, there's some value there, but um, you excited for the trade deadline. Um, any, uh, any Ben Simmons predictions? Um. I tend to think he won't get traded, not because they don't, they don't want to, because I don't know if anybody will pull the trigger. I think people are still curious on whether he really wants to play or not. If, if a deal, Harden-Simmons has been talked about a lot, if you're, if you're Brooklyn, do you do that? And if you're Philadelphia, do you do that? I would be scared. I would be more scared. I'd, I would be more scared if I was Philadelphia. Because I think I would too. I don't know what I'm getting with Ben Simmons, but I do know what I'm getting with James Harden, and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, I think he's a, a culture cancer, and I think he doesn't. He's also declining. Declining. He doesn't try all that much in certain situations anymore. He would be going to a personal, a, a team with a strong personality already at the top. It looks to me like a combustible mix. I don't, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd do it if I was Philly. With, with as good as Embiid is playing, though, and I mean, just out of his mind, and and Philly keeps surging up the standings. Like I, I know the rest of that contract's going to look horrible, but just as like an all-in move for for this year. Like, if you're Philadelphia, you have to think to yourself, can we win a championship with Embiid and Harden? You know what I'd do if I was Philly? I'd rather have Kyrie Irving. I'm serious. I'd, I'd, I'd make that trade if I was Philly yeah. for Kyrie Irving. He'd play every game except when they go to New York. So. From a basketball standpoint, man, the, the, 
these guys you just don't know what you're, you don't know what you're getting you don't and here's the deal but i think i'd rather be on a team with kooky Kyrie than with james harden i mean oh boy russell westbrook was on a chris paul was in houston for two years and said i'm going crazy with this guy russell westbrook only lasted a year and he said i gotta get out of here and um I think we ju- we're finding more and more that James Harden is just not – he's not somebody you can sort of count on to to be a, a team leader. Um, he alienates teammates. Uh, he is declining. I, 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 wouldn't want, I wouldn't want James Harden. Barry, your, your Brooklyn Nets have lost eight in a row. They're, they're, they're a mess right now. They are, but here's the deal. They could keep losing and fall into that 9-10 spot in the play-in and be better off because that means, especially if they get to 10th, that's where they want to be because then they can play both of the play-in games on the road and Kyrie can play. So, I don't think they want to fall to 10th. Well, here's the deal. What if they fall to, what if they fall to, what if they check in at 7th? That's where they're at now. That means they got to play potentially two play-in games without Kyrie Irving. Then they have to play the Bucks. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they're getting out of the play-in is what I'm saying. Also, if if they are back, that's that's a horrible scenario for whoever the two seed is. If well, the Nets do get out of that. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, that could be the Bulls. That could be the Heat. That could be the Sixers. That could be the Bucks. Um, I don't know who it would be. Uh, but it's 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 a mess. Um Durant is so good that you don't want any part of him because he can lift a team to victory, but he's just got to be shaking his head at what he's got himself into in Brooklyn. Cause maybe, he came, maybe Durant should demand a trade. Well, maybe he should. But, you know, he's, he spent all his life in two pretty functional places. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the Thunder and the Warriors sort of know what they're doing. And I'm not he, sure you could dream up a more uh, – dysfunctional situation than what the Nets have right now. No, 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 no. So, that, so that's a mess. So I don't, I don't know if you'll see Harden moved. I just, I don't see anybody that would, would be all into getting. Send uh, Kenrich Williams to Brooklyn and have them get everyone into, into shape. All right. Um, Barry, thanks for, for, thanks for doing this. Thank you guys for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. We'll be back with you hopefully on Wednesday. And then the trade deadline is at 2 p.m. Central on Thursday. Um, If anything big happens, we'll be sure to recap that. So thanks again.